0: the name of this book is secret chapter again chapter 18 18 but before we start we want to give a couple shout outs out right Peyton mm-hmm. so we're gonna go through our reviews and we want to start saying thank you for leaving reviews so if you leave a review mm-hmm. we're gonna say your name on our podcast. And we're gonna thank you and we're gonna be like you rock and we Peyton just hit a hundred and seventy thousand downloads, which is so cool. So yep. in 30 more thousand downloads, you're gonna be at a one-fifth of a million downloads. That is insanity. Can you believe that? So we're going to go and we're just going to start from the oldest and work our way to the newest. So if you have left, left us a written review, we're going to thank you. So our first thank you is going to XX Electra and it says, "Amazing. My daughter loves these." And we just want to say XX Electra, thank you yeah thank you. We really appreciate okay, it. Time. We know it takes time to leave a review and we just really really appreciate it. but the more reviews you leave um the more podcasts we'll just be so motivated to do humping mm-hmm. so we really appreciate it. If you love our podcast, we would just so love it if you could leave a review. Mm-hmm. Every penny that Peyton earns is going towards a car when she's sixteen. And college. So yep. this is all helping for Peyton's college fund and a car when she turns sixteen, right? Yeah. What's your dream car? What's your sixteen year old dream car? Kia. A Kia? Shoot, okay. You don't wanna do like another V W, like a beetle? Or a no. um Jeep? It doesn't have it. That's gonna make noise. Or a Jeep? Mm. No? Look up. No. Okay, well, I'm going to put it right. Oh, yeah, you can clip it to my necklace. Yeah. Oh, sorry, you guys, if that sounds like a noise. Hold on, we're trying to figure out. We're still new at the microphones. Okay. <laughs> okay, anyways, thanks. Want to say her name one more time? extra. Yes, thanks, and man. And if you guys want to put your name and say hi, even if you've le- left a review, you can even update it and be like, hi, my name is Peyton Jane, and we're from California, and we just, love the podcast we'll totally shout you out and that's really cool huh yeah yeah okay and it just takes a couple minutes and we would literally be so grateful Mm. yeah okay the name of this book is secret chapter 18 no we're gonna do one thank you per episode yeah I want to do it right now no because you know two people per no just one because it makes it special trust me okay 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 that means we're just going to have to read more chapters. Okay, okay. ready? Wait, I'm going to read it. Well, we're going to focus because we're going to actually read. Yeah, I am focusing. <laughs> yes. <laughs> okay, chapter 18. It was dark and a st- it was a dark and stormy night. Peyton Jane, don't make me accidentally say your name on this podcast and have to um, uh, go back and edit. Okay, ready? Really, it was dark and stormy, as if the weather itself had conspired to turn our tale into a ghost story. Or, as if this seems slightly more plausible, Miss Mavia somehow controlled the skies and was using them to obscure the events of the evening. In any case, the weather makes my job easier. It creates the proper mood. It eliminates the need to hide certain facts, like the local location of the street corner on which Cass was standing. With the rain, you could hardly even see her anyways. For Cass, sadly, the weather didn't make things any easier, only wetter and colder. Teeth chattering. She stood under a it's street lamp... teeth, la- Not oh, teeth. Oh, teeth chattering. She stood under a street lamp, clutching her backpack to her chest for warmth. Not that it was much help. The backpack was no drier than her clothing. It had been difficult figuring out what to wear. After the phone conversation with Miss Mavius, Cass had gone back home again and rifled through her mother's closet. She even tried on a dress for the first time in over a year. But <coughs> bless you. Guys, <sighs> okay, sneeze, Anyon? Anne. What are you doing? Okay. Um. Let's see here. Rifled through her mother's closet. She'd even tried a dress on for the first time. In over a year, but despite her recent growth spurt, she still looked like she was playing dress up when she put on her mother's clothes. She'd also considered borrowing Amber's honorary Skeleton shirt t shirt. But honory skeleton sister t shirt, but she couldn't bring herself sister. to Yep. And plus couldn't bring herself to call and ask for it. Plus Cass realized a real skeleton sister probably wouldn't wear their own T shirt anyways. Finally, she chose to wear her usual jeans and t-shirt and sweatshirt, but she modified the outfit with a pair of furry boots her mother had bought for one of their never-taken ski trips. They didn't look exactly like they were fuzzy boots that Amber and her friends wore, but they were close enough. I know, at the beginning of this book, I told you Cass would never wear boots like those. I was forgetting that she might wear them at this part of it, as a part of disguise. Now, she regretted the boots. Not only were they too big, but they were soaked through her feet sloshed around in them. They splattered when she walked. She felt like bigfoot. her new accessory was equally impractical for the weather. A pair of sunglasses, but even Cass knew that celebrities wore sunglasses all the time, indoors as well as outdoors. Also, they helped disguise her face face, which presumably is what celebrities wear them. why celebrities wear them. Had Cass asked me, I would have told her I would always tell people who are trying to go incognito, lose the shades. They only make you look more conspicuous. Cass felt certain that neither Miss Mobius nor Dr. L would recognize her. They had seen her face for only a second, but it was best to be careful. Her backpack, it goes without saying, she never considered leaving. Never mind whether a skeleton sister would have worn it or not. Cass thought that wistfully about the hot pot of tea that Grandpa Larry would undoubtedly make on a, rain- on a rainy night like this one. She wished that she'd stopped at the fire station for a cup before heading to meet the midnight sun limousine. <sighs> she phoned grand- the- her grandfathers and told them that she was staying overnight at Max Ernest's house to work on their volcano experiment, for which the due date kept being conveniently postponed. She slept there all the time, she added, and her mother had already spoken to Max Ernest's parents, so there was no reason to ask her mother's permission. Her grandfather had asked a few questions and demanded Max Ernest's phone number, but they were still feeling guilty for making her upset about the symphony of smells that they hadn't given her much trouble. The hardest part was having to listen to Grandpa Larry and Grandpa Wayne argue about whether they should make her volcano erupt with Elka-Seltzer or dry ice. You trust me, right? Cass asked. She felt a little guilty herself playing on their guilt, but she needed to get them off of the phone. Of course we do, they assured her. Then she had called her mother and told them pretty much the same thing, except for her mother said her grandfather's who had spoken to Max Ernest's parents, so that there was no reason to phone them. And don't call me at nine o'clock, okay? Cass added. Max Ernest and I are going to be working. Just don't stay up too late, her mother said. All right, Cass. Uh-huh. Promise? Uh-huh. Sorry, you didn't catch that. Yes, Mom. Yes, what? Yes, I promise. Okay, I love you. Me too. Me too what? I love you too. Sheesh. Although she and Max Ernest weren't collaborators anymore, it was sort of cheating to ask him to help. Cass had no, I, no choice but to call him too. She had warned him that he might hear from her grandfathers or even from her mom my gosh that is like terrifying she's gonna go by herself she'd been very busy like with max Ernest. she thought she told him where she'd hidden the magi- magician's notebook and she gave him all of the information that she had about the midnight sun and she didn't say anything about the abandoning their mission or being a coward or a traitor somehow with all the activity she'd forgotten that she'd been She'd been the one to end their partnership. He didn't say much at all. For a change, he was fine with her. Hopefully, he would, be able to pay, he would be able to pay it off like she was staying with him, or at least until the morning. Then, well, everyone would start to looking for her, probably, but would it be too late? She didn't see the limousine until it splashed to a stop right in front of her, glistening with raindrops. Cass waited. The driver got out and walked towards her, headless of the storm. The driver was big and tall and shadowed in darkness, save the save for a pair of white gloves gleaming at night. Was it Doctor L? Every instinct Cass had told her to run, but something that was not that wasn't quite bravery, never, not quite fear, not quite knowledge of Benjamin Benjamin's flight. Kept her rooted in the spot. Miss Skelton? The voice was gruff, but not as deep as Cass had expected. Yeah, that's me, said Cass forcefully as she could. I'm Daisy. Daisy stepped into the light, revealing a decidedly unflower like, but indisputably, in this, blah, 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 indisputably female face. Without another word, she opened the limousine's back door and beckoned Cass inside with a gloved hand reminding herself that she was a celebrity and not the type of person to be intimidated by a limousine a limousine driver even if that driver was the tallest woman she'd ever seen Cass held her head high and climbed in as confidently as she rode in the limousine every day and Daisy were her own and okay and da- every day and Daisy were her own personal chauffeur only after she'd settled into her plush velvet seat did Cass notice how violently her hands were shaking she had to sit sit on them to get them to stop oh my god she was so nervous she was shaking like her hands are like shaking like violently it said hours passed in silence Cass could barely see out the foggy window generally she could tell where they were heading upwards but the limousine made so many turns that she lost all sense of direction too late she thought of hansel and gretel and how you're supposed to have a trail of crumbs when you when you journey into the forest if nobody came for her how would she find her backpack she told herself to stay calm but doubts kept creeping in her head previously she'd been focused on getting into the midnight sun that she hadn't stopped thinking stopped to think what she would do once she got inside now she appeared really to be on her way and she wondered if she would find Benjamin and how she would get him out in the back of her mind lurked the other darker question. Why had Dr. L and Miss Mavius taken Benjamin? What did they want him for? What did they ha- what had happened to the magician's brother Luciano? And would she find him too still a prisoner of after so much time? He would be an old man by now, his circus days long gone. And what about the magician Pietro himself? He was a terrible secret that he had- what was a terrible secret he had discovered? Was she strong enough to face it if she had to? Suddenly, the limousine rounded a turn and broke through through the clouds. Cass wiped the fog off off the window next and looked outside. The sky above was now clear and starry, suggestive, no longer of ghost stories, but rather science fiction and space travel. A perfect sky for spotting comets or for studies of constellations if only Cass had time and inclination, unfortunately she had neither. Cass couldn't tell much about their location except that they were near the top of the mountain. Below them, a vast white blanket of clouds, illuminated by the moon, spread out as far as she could see. The limousine, limousine made another sharp turn and then descended into a small hidden valley. Look, Daisy commanded, breaking the silence. Only then did Cass become aware of the warm glow suffusing the landscape around them, craning her neck. She could just make out the source of the glow, an intense golden light peeking over the edge of the mountains. It looks like a sunrise, but it couldn't have been. It was just before... The time was just before midnight. There it is, said Daisy, the midnight sun. Okay, that's creepy. Oh look at Peyton, there's actually a picture. Look, there's a picture of where she's going. Mm-hmm. Well, that's creepy. You want to do one more? Yeah. Okay. All right. Well, we're going to pause and do 19.